Hello and welcome to the Collective Wisdom Podcast, the podcast that explores how to be a wiser version of yourself. This is a podcast that helps you to tap into your own inner wisdom and find the answers within you for how to live your best life. I'm your host, Kat Preston. I'm a certified life coach and I help people to turn down the noise in their heads and tune into the wisdom in their hearts. Every week, I'll be asking my guests to tell their stories about what they've learned along the way and share some of their wisdom with us. I'm so thrilled you can join us. Hey there, my wise friends, and a warm, warm welcome to episode 53 of Collective Wisdom. This episode comes to you a few days after the Russian attack on Ukraine, something we all hoped against hope could be avoided, as we're now seeing the tragedy of the innocent victims who are bearing the cost of this senseless and futile war. I was so moved by the stories of Chef Jose Andres, whose organisation World Central Kitchen has mobilised to start providing warm food to those people who have now started pouring across the border in freezing temperatures in fear of their lives. It's a reminder to us all that when a situation feels hopeless and beyond our individual control, that change happens one person, one gesture at a time, and we can all make a contribution in any way we can to help those who need it most at the moment. There's a link in the show notes to more information about World Central Kitchen, the work they're doing, if you'd like to find out more about how you can make a contribution that will surely make a small difference to the millions of men, women and children who need it most at the moment. I'd like to thank the team at World Central Kitchen for their huge courage and compassion. Which brings me on to my guest today, my friend Trisha Van Vliet, for whom the courage to speak openly about something deeply personal will, I'm sure, make a huge difference to others. Trisha found herself back in 2015 in a perfect storm of overwhelm, burnout and depression that led her to attempt to take her own life, an act which she describes as her greatest failure and one which she continues to reflect on to this day. It's a tough conversation for sure for her to revisit that dark time in her life and I'm so grateful to Trisha for the way she was able to be so open and honest about her experience, which can't have been easy. But what I take away from this most rare of opportunities is Trisha's message to share how you feel with the people around you. I'll always be grateful to Trisha for what ultimately is a story of faith, hope and optimism and the power of finding patient courage with yourself and the people around you. So joining me today, I have my wonderful friend, Trisha Van Vliet, who is a fellow contributor to our collective book project, Enough, that you may have heard me talking about from late last year. Trisha's chapter, Patient Courage, tells the very moving story of the depression and burnout she experienced when trying to be a perfect mother, whilst at the same time holding down a very demanding role as a corporate accountant in a very male-dominated goal-oriented and results-led industry. The impact was a perfect and near-fatal storm that resulted in an attempted suicide, something she now describes as her greatest failure, a failure she continues to celebrate every single day. As with many of our darkest moments, the lessons we learn from them are often the most powerful, and for Tricia, this has been no exception. That day back in 2015 marked the start of her journey to rediscover the woman who she learned was loved and cherished beyond belief by everyone that mattered. She walked into a brave new life where she now approaches life's challenges with what she describes as patient courage, 
a practice that involves checking in with herself each day with compassion and kindness, and then confidently taking the next viable step. To that end, she's developed a college level course for future accounting professionals called Beyond Balances, Emotional Accounting for a Life-Filled Career Journey, a course which is helping young professionals to create the space for love, grace and joy in their careers and save lives threatened by anxiety, depression and burnout that so often go otherwise unchecked. So Tricia, a warm, warm welcome to the podcast. Thank you so much for joining me. So excited to be here. This was fantastic. Now, it's it's such a powerful chapter and it must have been a really, really hard story to tell. But I'm so glad that you're here to share a bit more about your experience, but also the amazing work that you're now doing, not only to find balance in your own life, but to help other people who are negotiating the same challenges to do the same. So I I just love to dig into patient courage. And if you could just tell me a bit more about what that actually means to you. Well, I think that from the, the patient's aspect of it, I think that especially I can speak for myself in that I have always been my worst enemy. So my biggest critic, um, everything needs to be needs to be perfect, needs to be on time, um, can always be better. And that's just not a mentality that is realistic, but certainly not sustainable. And um, I think that the the courage to be patient right, yeah. is just as important as being patient with ourselves when we need to be courageous. Um, you know, offering ourselves that grace, um, teaching myself to offer the same grace to myself that I would to anyone that I cared about, or I would say even a stranger. <laughs> like yeah, I would have, yeah. It would have been so easy to offer a moment of grace to a perfect stranger, yet I couldn't do that for myself. It was, I, I could not find that within me. Um, or I guess more importantly, I didn't even know to look for that within yeah. me. And um, patient courage has become, I think my lifeline in addition to those that I love <laughs> more than the air that I breathe, it's my role in all of it. You know, there's um, so much that those that we love can do for us, but there are such limitations. They don't truly know the battles that are going in, going on inside of us. And um, so, Part of it is acknowledging those battles ourselves and taking that first step, being courageous and offering the grace, um, because that's how we speak up. That's how we share our story. And that's how we find the human connections um, needed just for, for really a life lived rather than survived. I survived for a really long time. And even among so much joy with um, our family and those simple moments every single day, um, it's still, sorry. No, it's such an amazing <laughs> um, thing. To be able to find myself in a place where I didn't know how to go on 
Mm -hmm. you, you know, I look back now and I think there were a million reasons to keep going, a million reasons that I could count every single day, but somehow <laughs> I couldn't. And I, I truly believe that it was a gift that I could give my family. Um, removing me from an equation because I, I perceived that I was the one holding them back. I, I wanted so much for them and I felt, I felt so incredibly deeply that I couldn't see. <laughs> I couldn't see what was right in front of me. Um, and again, to think of having the potential to destroy the people that I cared about more than anything, that's really hard. It's hard to go back there every time. Yeah. And I, I wanted to say just how much, you know, I think uh, apart from the fact it's a very moving chapter, what comes across is that word courage and how much courage, even just telling the story, you know, it's, it's one thing to have lived through this, but it's, it's such a challenging thing to, to talk about openly. And I'm just wondering whether that journey, that, that part of, of actually allowing yourself to, to acknowledge that courage by telling this story has, has helped you. Absolutely. I think acknowledging that I am courageous mm. was such an impactful step in my journey. And whether it is just in tackling every new day or talking about something that's very difficult and very painful, you don't really have to be at one extreme or the other to find or be courageous. And, um, and I think that it was only through having the patience to sit back and not try to anticipate everything that could go wrong and simultaneously develop a way to mitigate that. That's how I found my joy again, yeah. because you know, when you're living in this world where you're just constantly trying to anticipate and fix at the same time, you're not living. <laughs> no, it's, it's, I mean, that was a beautiful phrase that you say, a life lived as opposed to a life survived. Yeah. Absolutely. There's such a huge difference. And, and it is patient courage that gives me the ability to, I would say, recommit each day to mm -hmm. living not just surviving because I'd hate to say or leave anyone with the impression that I, I have this magical formula and um, you know, I had this huge event um, in my life that was obviously pivotal, but at the same time, the key to the patient's side of it is knowing this is something you have to recommit to every single day. So true and developing the habits is um is how we find our way back when we stray because there are points in the last probably three months where 
I lost my routines and even knowing <laughs> how good my routines were for me and knowing that that is so critical to my overall health and well-being, mm. it still seems so elusive. So it was, it was an opportunity to say, oh my gosh, have I lost that patient courage? And at the end of the day, it was, no, absolutely not. This is patient courage in real life, in real time. Yeah. Because you have to realize that life isn't static. You and I had talked about we're not machines. No, I think I think we, you know, when we were talking before we started recording, and you know, I know you've faced health issues um, since 2015, and 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 more recently, and but also that collectively we're all really impacted by this sense of health being so threatened by COVID, and it it is a it's a constant presence now you know even though we have the vaccine and it seems like people aren't getting as sick there's just this underlying kind of threat or or a real sense of health being at stake all the time right yeah there's there are brain cells that get dedicated to the virus on a daily basis, almost mm -hmm. consciously, but at the same time, it's like, it's just there. It's just this undercurrent. And whether it is um, knowing someone who is sick, having the virus and thinking about all the responsibility that comes with that, or simply just the tension yeah. around the world. You look at how this is manifesting itself um, in so many different ways, and there's so much negativity. I mean, all of that is yeah. really tapping into our resources every day. Absolutely. And, Absolutely. Yeah, it is a, it has its own sense of fatigue. And, and I think that's why never has there been a greater need for empathy and it's people like you who have that real empathy especially for the the sort of mental health issues um you know you can't see depression and anxiety but you as you've just experienced or explained it's so easy to slip even though you know that if you don't take some time and and some of your daily practices that have been helping you to recommit to that staying on track it, you can suddenly be in the middle of it and the impact is yeah it, i mean something you described just just then that really struck me was how could i have done this to my family and yet that is the reality of how you're feeling at the time is not you know that's not who you are but it was so contrary to that and and that's what I think is hardest to convey. Yeah. And that's where um, through so much of the work that I'm creating and the things that I'm trying to do is um, creating that awareness, uh, whether it is for someone who is struggling with anxiety, depression, burnout is so prevalent. So tell me a bit more about the course itself, you know, it makes perfect sense to me that this is something that just 
evolved from your place of of knowing you know knowing firsthand being able to take a look back once you had recovered from that initial burnout yourself and seeing the devastating impact it makes total sense that this is this is something that you can really lean into um from a from an expertise point of view but how did you go about designing the course you know how is it offered to people it's really interesting how um, this was a concept that had been percolating for well over four years and trying to infuse my messages wherever I could. Mm-hmm. And, you know, accounting and auditing, <laughs> you have to be pretty creative to try to fit those messages or creating moments to share with people. And um, so many things would happen organically um, just in dealing with other professionals on a daily basis and immediately recognizing something that I could offer. Um, It was just a part of who I was every single day in um, wanting to, to spread this message that you know, I I call my course Beyond Balances, appropriate for the accounting world. (laughs) Everything has to balance. Um, Yeah, yeah, I hadn't even thought of that. That's actually, yeah, a sort of play on words. Yeah, yeah, it makes a lot of sense. It was very intentional. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) That's the essence of what I'm trying to deliver is that, you know, if you picture balancing, we all want this elusive balance work-life balance and you know as i say in my chapter and enough to me work and life it's not a balancing act i see it as a dance yes sometimes with two left feet <laughs> yes yeah, absolutely i'm with you there nothing. yes and so not a to make anyone envision just this perfectly choreographed, flowing, artistic (laughs) display every day, but the, you know, sometimes you're just waving your hands in the air and um, going with the flow. And sometimes you are stumbling over yourself through the process. But when you think of balancing, I think what is the biggest uh, misconception when we think about balancing is that it's it's easy um that's it's as simple as math and life and numbers are not the same you can get numbers to balance but for us as human beings life is messy life is unpredictable um work can be unpredictable we're living among other human beings every single day and all of our interactions are essentially at the mercy of the stimulus that's that may be coming in and we don't have any control over it and so Mm. i sit there and i think of balance and i think okay well watch that person um you know maybe it's someone on a unicycle and as they're continuing to balance there is this back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. It's not just sitting there in perfect balance, your Zen moments, you know, the line. 
And so imagine when we are trying to live teetering like that, and, and it's only natural. We can't expect to just flip a switch or add two things together that fit perfectly. And so if we're trying to go through life in this constant stage of wobbling and teetering to get back into balance, that is exactly how we get in that mode where we're just trying to survive. Just trying to keep everything, yeah. Spinning, yeah, plate spinning, absolutely. Yeah, and absolutely. so, and so that's where it's like we have to look so far beyond balances and really look at ourselves as um, the beautiful, wonderfully made creation that we are, and embrace our lack of balance. Mm. And in doing so, that's how we're building up resilience and we can build this toolkit that allows us to always begin with within ourselves and for me prayer is such a key component of how i find my peace and my joy and gratitude for the things that i have in this moment and decide because of those things What's the next best step that I'm going to take? Yeah. And, um, and so really what I did was walked away from a pretty toxic environment that um, I had been working in. And it was an environment, it wasn't good for me. It wasn't good for my team. It wasn't good for my employer because I, I couldn't bring them my best. And so with the pandemic disrupting the world, everyone was kind of in the same boat. Um, we were all on a level playing field when it came to disruption and the crippling effect of that. And um, I remember hearing leadership within my organization just almost like this aha moment or this silver bullet. <laughs> And it was said, it's okay not to be okay, but it didn't stop there. It was because we're all going through this same thing. And to me, that qualifier was exactly why I needed to go out and do something on my own because it should always be okay not to be okay. Yeah. It doesn't make it okay because, hey, we're all going through this. So. Yeah, this is a real shitstorm and we've got it. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. This isn't, um, this isn't pure empathy. No, <laughs> no it's like, okay, guys, we see the problem, right? Yeah, you could be okay yeah. to be not okay for now, but then we need to get back to being exactly. okay. Exactly. Yeah. And so, you know, my mission was in um, starting... <laughs> from zero, absolutely zero. I, I left, I had, I had nothing that was tangible wow. that I could hold on to and offer to someone to sell them on. This is what I have to do. Like, this is my calling and I need to do this. It took a lot of faith <laughs> and patience um, from those that I love to be like, okay, we, we know 
and courage from you that takes courage when it's like everyone's looking at you going you're doing what yes yes and especially during a pandemic you're gonna do what you're gonna create (laughs) even more uncertainty um so yes it's been very painful financially for um my family but we'll just put a pin in that we won't (laughs) But that's all part of it, isn't it? It's about, I mean, I loved what you were saying about prayer being one of those tools. Finding the answers within yourself often does mean really just spending some time. And the balance thing is, what is it that I'm going to take away from one side to balance with the other side? And if if that, sometimes that that is the financial side. Sometimes, you know, the answers aren't always that obvious. You have to really go deep into yourself. Right, right. I was tapping into um, personal, as in deep inside me, personal equity. Yes. <laughs> it certainly yeah. wasn't in a bank account, that's for sure. And that and, feeling of this is a calling. This is like, I have to yeah. do this. And so, yeah. so describe to me, since you've launched it, how, you know, because we talk about following the breadcrumbs. What have been the breadcrumbs for you that, yeah, this is actually, this is working. This is actually where I should be. Um, so the process itself, so working with our team through the right company and just getting the support and immediate feedback as I was taking what was in my heart and actually putting it down in writing and knowing inside of me like this bottled up potential, but having these beautiful, generous souls, just like you, um, to be able to look in and help fine tune and um, help me articulate what it was that I wanted to bring to the future of our profession. And it really was a mission to teach future and young professionals that you can have a life-filled career journey mm-hmm. and and being able to bring the tools, um, bring the realities of a very competitive, demanding, often very unreasonable workload. Yeah, you, you, <laughs> I mean, you said the word toxic. I mean, it's, you know, it's, it's just yeah. a, not a great yeah. environment that you described. Yeah, and so I I was looking at the root causes of the things that are going wrong within our profession. Um, Within um, professional accounting, you've got firms and businesses constantly making headlines because of poor decision making, really lack of an ethical compass, you know, Mm. and, and I didn't believe that those issues needed to be addressed with judgment. I think it's easy. Um, A lot of um, professional accountants could read headlines and just be disgusted and say, oh, I can't believe that. Look at what they're doing, the name they're creating for us in the profession. I would never do anything like that. I really wanted to push people to step back and look at those headlines through a lens of, kindness, compassion, and empathy, wow. and a heavy dose of grace, because 
these are human beings and so many of them and i've had some based upon national rules i've had some personal contact with um some of the firms and even individuals that have made headlines and um and for me it was all about this didn't just happen these aren't bad people it was this erosion that takes place just over time and the impact of small decisions made every single day and the small yet ultimately profound pressures that are placed on these real people behind credentials is something that has to be acknowledged. And so in taking my course, it was developing real life scenarios, um, creating some fictional professional accountants that were derived from people that I have met along the way in yeah. nearly 30 year career and allowing students to reinforce the technical knowledge that's necessary in our profession, but to acknowledge that the human beings behind those credentials have to come first. And so I start with a very, very basic premise of first, you have to believe that you matter, period. Wow. wow. Then go do the work that matters. Because again, in my own personal journey, that's what I learned is I had lost myself yeah. in trying to be exactly what I perceived other people wanted or needed me to be at any given moment. And in losing myself, that's where I lost all of my courage and being able to stand up and say, this, this is who I am. This is what I believe. And as long as decisions are being made aligned with our core values, we never have to apologize. We can offer explanations, but when you go back to a place of core values that align with ethical behavior, mm. there's no apologizing. And so there's no beating ourselves up and um but it's just the repetition of those messages and creating the awareness of the need for a focus on overall health and well-being yeah that is going to be the key to changing a lot of um very unhealthy cultures that exist within the profession quality of work and quality of life can go hand in hand. It's not an either or. And um, and so that's where this six week course was developed or it started as just six sessions of a workshop, yeah. kind of a play. Um, but then when I initially pitched it to a college to bring it into their um, accounting classrooms. So bring me in. I was picturing guest speaker type thing. Um, I put together the proposal and 
um, I thought it was the first time ever letting someone outside of my circle and our beautiful circle of the right company. It was the first time letting someone in and I didn't have to try to sell my vision. The accounting department chair got it. Just got and it. He, he ran in the direction of this has to be something more than a guest speaking this we can make this into something more and um, so for six weeks i am now an adjunct professor which had always been a dream oh um, my goodness congratulations loving it yes um and being able to tap into these amazing students to help allow them to move beyond balances where it's supposed to go um, you know, I make changes each week based upon feedback that I'm getting getting from them in surveys. And so this course is going to continue to evolve. Um, I think the it has been extremely beautiful. It's been extremely eye-opening. And for very personal reasons, I had to recently acknowledge that our financial burdens were beyond my vision. Um, so talk about a um, a potential <laughs> to hold myself accountable for failure again. Like, how could this be? Like, mm. you were going to go and you were going to do this and you created this firm and this was your mission and now it can't be done on your own. So it was, okay, I'm going to have to go and get a job for additional income um, based upon having a heart attack back in mm -hmm. September. Again, irony is not lost on me. The wellness CPA having a heart attack while speaking with college students um, at the beginning of the semester, um, you know, that was profound. But the, the medical bills that have built up on top of our already very tight financial position said, okay, I do need to get a job. And so it was starting to look for something that could generate steady income, provide benefits um, yeah. that, you know, I, I, I got myself into a mode of a lot of judgment. On yourself? Oh, yes. No mm. grace. Like, mm no grace for me. <laughs> and I found myself in this very difficult position, but because of these healthy habits that I had established, even though they seemed elusive at the time, they were still there. Yeah. So it was just giving myself the grace to find my way back. Um, and I'm still working on it. You know, I'm still getting back to, I may do aspects of my routine each day. Um, and I'm really looking forward to getting back to a solid routine. But where I am right now is a really beautiful place that took the sense of failure and guilt out of the equation because it was, this is a message and a program that I need to get out it doesn't have to be under my firm's name and you know if i can contribute my content 
in a way that someone else is able to have the right platform to properly market it and get it out and, um, you know, has access to people with true instructional design backgrounds, um, it's probably going to be so much better than I could even imagine on my own. So, you know, it's been it's been quite an exercise uh, to go through. And it is, it's such a valuable lesson of, you know, the, the importance of self-care. So, you know, I have no doubt that this course will have a massive impact. It's a culture changing. It's, it's giving people who are new to the profession the opportunity to challenge the status quo, to think of different ways, to, to be creative in their thinking and their approaches. And what you're saying so rightly is, so again, through necessity, it's like, I can't do all of this myself. And that's not a place of judgment. That's okay. Where can I get the help? Yeah. Right. Yeah. I think that, um, you know, when you just said that, it reminded me of um, a an interlude that I also wrote for Enough, where when we talk about not being able to go it alone, mm having a um a bit of a meltdown many many years ago um over a very tense work situation i was working from home my boys um happened to be out in the yard playing wiffle ball and they came um around the corner um to our front porch where i was sitting and trying to regain my composure and um i just looked up at them and i'm couldn't act like I wasn't crying. And I just said, guys, I'm sorry. I think your mom has lost it. And my oldest, who I believe he was about 11 at the time, he quipped in so quickly with, oh, mom, you haven't lost it. It's just the bottom of the ninth and you're down by 10. And so, wow. You know, we're we're a baseball family and ninth inning of a baseball game and you're down by 10 runs there is no way that i can get up to the plate and make this better on my own like there was mm -hmm. no way even best case scenario i hit a home run it's not going to be enough and so it sparked this amazing discussion with my boys who were still so young um, about teamwork, you know, and it was exactly, I don't have to do this alone. And, um, and so that just has become one of my sayings too, is there's a big difference between I can't do it and I can't do it alone. And we do have to, you know, in creating, um, these opportunities for college students, young professionals to connect with the humanity yeah. <laughs> behind uh, whatever profession it might be, to see the value in teams and human connection. Um, all of that is going to have has such potential to create these healthy environments where people can thrive, work can get done, all of that geeky technical stuff. Yes, it's important. You know, people are glad that there's people like me who this is what we do um, because they could barely stomach 
a math class. Um, but this is where they're so eager and so willing to challenge the status quo, what they have experienced um, in their lifetimes, not to mention the last couple of years, they are primed to receive these messages that, yes, you have to take care of yourself. You have to believe that you matter. And then the work will come. The quality of your work will improve because you're taking the time to invest in yourself, your overall health and well-being. And um, it's just really beautiful. But it's also interesting that, you know, you just told a beautiful story about it. it was that moment of vulnerability that allowed the conversation with your boys to open up. You know, if you hadn't lost it then they you'd be there kind of like the like the duck that's swimming on the pond but the you know the feet beneath are just yeah. sort of paddling away going i'm not really sure i'm still swimming here and it, oh it does gosh. take yeah. sometimes to be quite open and vulnerable which i think the culture is changing in the workplace but it's so important that we are able to express that openly and outwardly and and therefore form those connections where Asking someone, how can I help can often be so much better than sitting there in judgment around what they're not doing or, you know, it's, it, it just reverses it. Absolutely. And I think that, so from the standpoint of that day, showing that vulnerability was so contrary to how I was programmed and was living where I was in a position where I had no choice, but to show my cards. Yeah. Because even though my instinct would be, oh my gosh, I need to protect them from how I'm feeling right now. Yeah. And so I need to fix this. I need, I need to be the strong mom right now and pull it together. And I look at something so beautiful that came out of a not having the capacity at the time to pull myself together, yeah. um, but to be honest with them and, you know, I just kind of carry that with me that we can't underestimate our kids, our young professionals, our um, college students. There's so much richness out there and um, and we just have to give them the outlets and the permission to use what's inside of them. And and really, that's what I'm trying to do with Beyond Balances. Yeah. And it's so beautiful. And the permission to be a bit vulnerable, to to ask for the help that they need, to have those conversations so that even if you're feeling like you might be the only one who's struggling here, you can discover that that's not actually the, the truth, you know, that, that the masks can come off a little bit, yes. even in a work yes. environment. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Now, you've just I told me such crazy tangents. <laughs> I feel like I'm probably not being, you know, very articulate. No, you are. So yeah, you're being beautifully yeah, articulate. What's coming across is just how much this matters to you. And I was going to say, you've just told me a beautiful story about that little act of kindness from your your 11 year old son at the time who <laughs> saw you and just offered you an answer. Yeah. So did you have a story for me about an act of kindness that's impacted you recently? Oh, recently? Yes. Um, so this is <laughs> Um, so this would have been back in the, um, the summer. So 2021, um, it was very, very hot outside. Um, but I have a very rambunctious 75 pound puppy that needed a walk. 
And so I took a break from my work and we went for a walk down the road and we're kind of in an area where um, it's more rural, but there are still kind of developments around built into uh, the landscape. So there is enough traffic where delivery trucks will go by, um, Amazon, UPS, FedEx, um, whoever it might be. Um, but my puppy Dodger and I are walking along and all of a sudden there was a an area where under a tree in front of our neighbor's house was this beautiful patch of shade. He lays down and not just sitting, he sprawled out. He had no intention of going anywhere else. And again, he weighs like 75 pounds. And if he's on his hind legs, um, he can put his paws on my shoulder. He's basically- yeah. You can't okay. argue with that. <laughs> Which isn't hard, I'm five three. So it's not like um, he's that enormous, but he was still very big dog. There was no way I was going to move him. Mm -hmm. And all of a sudden he's almost sleeping. And I thought, what am I going to do? <laughs> you know, probably about half a mile <laughs> from home down the road. And here comes my knight in shining armor. He happened to be a FedEx driver. Aww. And he had driven by um, us. And I had just kind of, you know, casually waved and smiled like, yep, don't mind me. <laughs> I'm just here with my dog. <laughs> you know how you kind of exchange that laugh with someone else in that split second that you make eye contact? And so he gets up to, there was a stop sign ahead and I'm just standing there watching him. There's nothing else for me to do. I'm holding the leash. He does a U-turn, comes back up, pulls up next to me and he says, I think I can help. And I just looked at him and I was like, oh my gosh, talk to me. And he pulls out two dog treats. These delivery drivers often keep treats with them, obviously, when they run. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Of course, if you go down to the wrong garden path, yeah, it's like I can, yeah. I can soften the dog. <laughs> so he pulled out these bone-shaped <laughs> treats and I, my eyes lit up and I was like, oh my gosh, Thank you so much. Wow. And I had them in my hand and it was enough to, you know, get the little puppy back up. And he's like, oh, treats. And so I, <laughs> I will go for a walk after all. <laughs> yeah. Gave him one to, um, to get him up. And then I just carried the other one with me and we turned around and made it all the way back home. And I gave him uh, the other one, but it was something that was so simple and so precious that yeah. It was just a perfect stranger who took the time to A, notice me, but then to think, what is it that I have that I can offer right now? Brilliant. And that quickly and that simply, <laughs> he fixed my situation. Problem solved. And it especially stands out because of the backlash that I got from friends and family, as I told my story, I was so excited about it. And they're like, you're out by yourself in this fairly remote area with a dog and a guy in a delivery truck pulls up next to you, slows down, stops, puts his window down. 
And so all they were hearing was this dangerous Dangerous. situation. And do you realize what could have happened? And I was just over and over again, as I tell the story, I kept saying, you don't get it. You're missing the beauty of all of this. And you just tainted a really great story. And I'm like, we do that all the time where we have this hesitation to accept the goodness in people. Absolutely. We can't live where we are constantly in fear of the worst case scenario. I mean, that, that goes back to me and my experience where, you know, I said, I'm not going to live like this. Like people are good and we can start from that place of empathy, compassion, grace, and it allows us to accept help. And sometimes we absolutely know we need it. Like when your dog is completely (laughs) to move immobile on the side of the road and it's 90 degrees outside well they do say mad dogs and englishmen go out in the midday sun and obviously your dog is very wise because he was thinking (laughs) what are we doing out here in the midday sun i'm gonna go and find some shade i don't know about you (laughs) yeah and he's like shade right here like this fixes my problem i don't know what your problem is No, lovely, lovely story. And yeah, that that sort of capacity to see the best in people to, to trust before you, you know, that that people have the best of intentions. And what a lovely guy. I mean, just what a lifesaver. Oh, it was so fantastic. I just, I absolutely loved that moment. And then yeah. you think, okay, what am, what am I going to do the next time? And, and that's where it's so contagious and so you think give yourself the grace have the courage to stand up be patient with yourself and look at all the fruit that that is going to bear not just for yourself but for each person that you meet along your journey and then it comes back to you and it's this ebb and flow and and that's what life is meant to be we're built for human connection and um yeah speaking my language there Tricia you really are you absolutely are so I was wondering because I mean you were talking about your practices you know you've you've mentioned prayer and I know journaling is part of that and just that getting in touch with what you need what your body needs what is that next step what are the other things that you you have as your sort of go-to practices to help you navigate some of these challenges? Um, So starting the day with um, my journal um, is foundational. (laughs) So, and it's, I took the spiral notebook that um, I have, I ordered them like in bulk because it's like my people made these. So it's a, in focus notebook. So, you know, it has the heading where, you know, you can put the date and the topic. Oh, I love a good notebook. Yeah. And then the column along the side that allows you to, you know, have those sidebar notes and comments and then just the free flowing space. And then at the bottom summary, you know, and, (laughs) and so when I first started creating this routine for myself, I thought, you know what, this is 
as important to me as a client meeting is yeah. to my business. So I'm like, how can I make this work for me? So I started a new um, brand new notebook and um, it was actually on, I think, October 7th, uh, 2020. And I put the date in. My purpose was um, prayer and planning. And I started just in the blank space with free flowing prayer, um, which for anyone just to write, um, you know, and get your thoughts on paper. Um, to me, my thoughts and feelings come out as prayer. Um, you know, it is asking for the help that I need, giving praise for all of the blessings that I have. It's just how my heart works. Yeah. And so that kind of feeds my passion for writing as well as um, just collecting my thoughts. And the beauty is when you are writing and praying, so I know there's a book called, that a friend gave me called Praying with a Pen, you're focused, you know, as you're writing, your mind isn't wandering or, you know, when you're sitting there trying to get to that place of whether it's prayer or meditation, and all of a sudden something jumps in and grabs your attention. Really hard. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Oh my gosh, I forgot to move that, um, the laundry from the washer to the dryer. And, but here, as you're writing, your mind is so occupied with your thoughts as well as what it takes to physically write that it's amazing how much clarity I find. After my free flowing prayer, I go off into that side margin uh, with, for comments and I just start simply with I am so grateful for, and I bullet point and write. Um, generally, I'm forcing myself to think about the last 24 hours, like not trying to think grandiose, um, but really, okay, since I wrote yesterday, what are all the blessings yeah. received? And, um, and it's amazing how that list fills up very quickly. And I, I know it sounds a bit odd, but I give thanks for my most difficult situations wow. as well as all those wonderful, beautiful moments. I found that it is so life-giving to take a step into what was hard and to say, I'm going to be grateful for that because that situation taught me or gave me. And, um, and that is so much healthier than just wanting to block out. I'm so glad that day is over. I, I got through that and I'm just going to tuck it away, but to really step into that tension yeah. and force yourself to think about, yes, this happened, but what else happened as a result of that? Like, what was the impact on me? What am I going to 
do because I grew from it. Um, it's just, it's something that I started forcing myself to do with this um, morning journaling. And it has so much power to change your overall perception. Well, it's so beautiful, but it's it's actually, that's what you were just describing, that recommitment. Because, you know, by being willing to to openly talk about such a deeply personal, really painful time in your life, you, you, you're definitely helping others um, to understand their own experience, perhaps to feel less alone. But also, it feels like that's what you're recommitting to doing every single day by taking some of the challenges and saying, okay, what are the reframes here? What are the things that actually the lessons from it, you know, that this is, I, I don't have to go to a place of being a victim here. I, I can actually start to ease my way through it, through that process. Yeah. Um, it does give you that, um, that sense of peace mm. where, um, yeah, this was one heck of a day. <laughs> Yeah, there's so many yeah. adjectives that are flowing through my mind right now. But so this was this really really sucked, <laughs> but it's okay, and that happens, and it's really conditioning ourselves to understand life is messy, and and that we can't build these barriers and boundaries for ourselves in an attempt to control everything. And yeah. if I can do this, it can all be perfect. And, you know, I lived a very siloed life for the first two decades of my career. And those silos that I created were to ensure that I couldn't fail mm. as a wife and mother or as a professional. And that's when I was playing with fire. I, I was trying to play God is what I was doing. Like I thought I had the formula and I was so smart. I figured this out. And you know what? For so many years, it worked Yeah. Um, that I just kept refueling myself with C when something good would happen. It was like, yep, this is, this is it. This is what's working. And, um, you know, it resulted in so much abuse of my body because in order to silo and give everyone what I thought they needed, first and foremost, I, I didn't need sleep. I decided I didn't need sleep. Mm. I did. But yeah, I prided myself on the fact that I could get by on two to three hours of sleep a night and did that. I mean, I'm not talking for you know, when I say extended periods of time, I'm not saying I did it for, you know, a week to get through a project. I mean, this is how I operated. Wow. My, I was determined to give my family a stay at home mom and give my firm and my profession a national level subject matter expert. And um, I used time zones in my favor. I was in a national position. So um, I would be able to help people. You know, people appreciated the fact that, you know, when you're in Hawaii, that I can schedule a meeting with you when it's convenient during your business day. And, you know, 
my kids are in bed. Yeah. I, I'm back to work now. Just keep and, and then all of that, I think sleep is so foundational. That deprivation for so many years, I mean, I'm talking more than a decade where mm. I attempted to sustain that, all of the additional um, tolls on my body and my health, um, physical and mental health for so long, all culminated in that day where I just can't do it. Yeah. You know, I say that I went from doing it all until I did absolutely nothing. I could not do anything. And at that point, those thoughts and feelings of, um, I have to do this. My family needs me to do this. I can't quit now. I've got to keep going. Fine. But I didn't have it in me. I, I was tapped. And so it was that spiral of guilt and fear of, oh my gosh, I, I can't, I can't use my formula anymore. <laughs> now what? This yeah. is going to be devastating to my family and our finances and everything else. And so, yeah, for these guys that I did anything and everything in my power to nurture them and protect them for their entire lives. At that moment, I was so lost, so exhausted, so ill that I couldn't even see what me being gone would do to them. Yeah. All I could see was what I could give them. I could give them this peace that I couldn't find anymore. <laughs> and, um, and it is scary, but also the whole experience, because I'm still here to talk about it, is so incredibly beautiful and powerful. And that's why I call it my greatest failure because yeah. in working so hard for so many years to not allow myself failure as an option here, I had this grandiose solution to give my family this gift that I was convinced like, this is the answer and yeah, poor execution, you know, it didn't work. I failed and I am so infinitely grateful to have had that particular failure oh yeah and so we all so we're all so grateful that you know that we're here talking about this yeah. now and the only thing i would ask you trisha i mean it's such a brave story but if there's anyone who's feeling that sense of overwhelm do you have any words of advice absolutely um i have learned that I need to talk. I need to share what I'm feeling. I can't hide that. Um, I think whether it's for someone who's feeling this way or my heart aches for the families who have lost someone to their battle with depression and anxiety um, and everyone's natural reaction is what could I have done? How did I not see it? Um, I, I love them so dearly. How did they not know? Or how couldn't, how could I not see that something was so wrong 
and they were hurting so badly. There was so much pain, but they were so successful. They were doing great. And they just, you know, people thought I had a couple people within my firm that referred to me as superwoman. And I just wanted to scream out to them. Like on the inside, I was like, no, 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 you don't get it. You don't get it. I'm not. And I can't keep doing this. But it was like that positive reinforcement. I just kept pushing. Okay, what you're doing is working. Keep going, keep going. And so for me, part of my daily job was keeping it all together and not letting anyone know that I was struggling because I wanted to take care of everybody else. Mm -hmm. And, um, and so that's where I want families, friends, loved ones to know you couldn't have known. There is nothing that you could have done unless that individual had spoken up, had had the capacity to recognize that they needed to share their struggles, not try to go it alone. And for me, yeah, even recently, um, you know, when all of a sudden I was in a position where, gosh, I have to go and get my resume together. I need to start looking for a job that can generate some income that allows me to continue pursuing my passions um, on the side. The immense sense of failure that came along with preparing my resume and hitting send on that first online application, it created an intense darkness and it was so painful. But what was different this time is that I owned the pain and that sense of failure and I said it out loud. And saying it out loud, my family knew my struggle It was okay. They understood where those feelings were coming from, but they were also in a place where a, our safety plan kicks in. Mm. There's a heightened sense of awareness. Um, There are things that my family can see that I'm kind of oblivious to. And it's when you're able to open up and truly show you, who you really are, what you're really feeling, not only is that very therapeutic for yourself, for me, just saying those things out loud helps me to process it. It's different just letting that conversation go on in my head. You know, I'm like, I remember one time hearing, oh, yes, the mind is like a bad neighborhood. Don't go in there alone. Um, and it's so true. Like when yeah. the things that you can do when you're just struggling with yourself, um, you you lose a lot of perspective. And so that's what part of the message that I send is share. Yeah. Know that it's okay. Know that it's always okay to not be okay. You don't need someone to verbally give you permission to Mm -hmm. not be okay. Um, Don't look for that validation. Mm -hmm. You own who you are, all of your brokenness, 
the beautiful mess that you are and that life is and just share sharing is for you and sharing is for your family too yeah yeah that is that's the gift the gift isn't removing yourself from an equation that's never the answer um i have this opportunity every day um you know my attempt to take my own life is something that i literally think about every single day not dwelling on it but most often it manifests in a just a simple beautiful moment that no one else would notice but to me it is imagine if i hadn't been here yeah to see that to feel that for my family um you know it's it is such a um yeah it's it is my greatest failure and as hard as it is some people cringe when they hear me say that but it really is and i celebrate it because not only perfect sense did i get the opportunity to create a new journey for myself um that was authentically me Mm. but i can help other people do that as well because changing the narrative means that we have to talk about our struggles um and and it's amazing when you start talking people aren't sitting back and they're appalled it is amazing how it triggers something and they're like oh my gosh i thought i was the only one that felt like that or oh my gosh i remember a day when i was thinking like this and i just kind of blew it off and it's like such beautiful advice and actually one of the it reminds me of there was um there was a thing that went viral on on twitter uh, the other day with netflix sent out a message because they'd sent um they'd sent an email to a whole list of people that had contained all the wrong information and in the apology they said yes it was the intern who sent it we're working alongside them to make it all better and so many people responded dear intern I remember the day that I did this amazingly stupid thing that, you know, and it was just that pouring out of, don't worry about it. We've got this. We've all been there. And and you're so right. And that is such beautiful advice. And, that, you know, it is so hard when someone's in the depths of despair to find someone to talk to, but just, yeah, anyone who can, who can just be someone to listen. It's so important. It's hard to truly articulate, like to explain to someone who isn't there in that place to help convey how you're feeling. Um, because, you know, I'm actively trying to, and I'm thinking, I don't know how I can even say this, that it's understandable or um, it's, it can be so difficult and can start to feel so isolating. But then I realized I have to use those words. Like, I don't even know how to explain what I'm feeling like right now, mm. but, and then just be authentic. Yeah. You, know, you don't have to be able to tell the perfect story. You don't have to be able to um, have any technical medical terms anything like that. It's just 
say what you feel out loud yeah the best way that you can and acknowledge the fact that i don't know Mm -hmm. but what i do know is that something's not right i need some help and i can help help. yeah that's that's when the magic happens because no one can help unless they know you need it yeah beautiful beautiful now i was just wondering because we i always wrap up with music and you described some beautiful tools and practices and ways of keeping yourself grounded for me um i even have a playlist called mood boosters which ironically (laughs) if i'm in a really bad mood i rarely think to put on but right whenever i hear a song that i know lifts my spirits i add it to the list and and it's one of the my favorite ways to just take myself out of a black moment or you know if i'm angry about something it's just like just go and put some music on and see what happens how how much is music important to you in that way oh yes i to be able to like you said actually think to put the music on (laughs) um, is incredible you know half the time i'm like oh i just need i need peace and quiet to be able to concentrate and then it's like oh my gosh i start blaring some music and my entire outlook changes and um yeah i have I have several go-tos, but um, I think my my true anthem has become, uh, oh, beautiful woman. Uh, so it was from the movie, The Greatest Showman. Oh. Uh, and I hope I say her name correctly, but I think it's Kiala Settle and it's called This Is Me. And it is... I know know that song. Watch out, because here I am. And it is acknowledging that, yeah, I'm broken, I'm bruised, but I'm courageous and I'm brave and this is me. And I think, yeah, for so long, I didn't let people see me. Like I I didn't think me was worthy of fill in the blank. But yeah, that is, and the beauty of that song as well is that um, my son was away at college his freshman year and he came home, um, it was on one of his breaks and he said, oh my gosh, mom, I saw this movie, we've got to watch it. Like he saw The Greatest Showman for the first time and he thought of me and we watched it and I saw all of i mean it's like a constant a stream of metaphors yes yeah it It was like it's speaking straight into your heart yeah Yeah. it was and um and i loved the music so i downloaded the playlist and um and i can't even say that i was processing the lyrics to the music it was just i liked the songs and then when i i think i was in the shower and i actually played this is me I put it on repeat because I'm like, these are my words. Like I need this. And so it was like, yeah. So that became yeah. my anthem. So that is on my, my booster playlist. Oh, mood booster playlist. And yeah, and it's going to be a welcome addition to my playlist. And I know I, I remember the same stories with my daughter who was, um, she must've been 
13, 12, 13, when, when The Greatest Showman came out. And yeah, we had the songs on repeat and we had to go and see the movie. And yeah, yeah. there's just something that really captured everyone's imagination. It was a brilliant, brilliant film. Yeah. So yeah. that's a very welcome addition. And just to really wrap up, um, you have really helped so many people, I think, articulate some of the struggles, some of the challenges, especially at the moment with health. And, but, you know, it's such brave work to talk about something as painful as wanting to take your own life and so personal, but at the same time, such an important message for people. What is the, the sort of piece of wisdom that you would like to share? Yeah, I think, um, well, one thing I do want to step back a second and, um, and I think the key is that nobody wants to take their life. And as a society, as friends, as family members, as, um, as even strangers, to kind of eliminate that, that kind of natural tendency, like that's where our mind goes. And that's where my mind would go so many times, like, this is what I wanted to do. And it, and it was through so much work that I learned, no, that was never what I wanted to do. That at the moment was what I, my distorted reality told me that's what I needed to do. And um, I think that that is a powerful message that everyone needs to understand, again, especially in um, changing the narrative, changing the stigma surrounding um, mental illness, suicide. Yeah. These are things, they're conversations that need to be had out loud and so important. So important. Um, and again, I just go back to it being as simple as we spend so much time, and I know especially as um, women, um, as moms, as professionals, um, the war that is sometimes raging between all of the things that we need to be, I think it's as simple as just stepping back and first and foremost, reminding yourself until you truly believe that you matter and first taking care of yourself in a way that says, yes, I matter. And then I can go and do this work that I feel matters. Yeah. Um, it's just, it, it has to be a first this, then this. You will never do enough work to compensate for a lack of believing that you matter. You matter, you matter. You matter. Yeah. So important. And I feel, you know, grateful you have taught me something. That's that's why I have this podcast. That's why it's called Collective Wisdom. It's about you can only really understand someone's lived experience when you talk to them about it. And, you know, I think that distinction between wanting and feeling like there's no other option is such an important one. And I was blind to it then. And it's so powerful to hear that from someone who's been there, who's who's walked in those shoes and who really understands that distinction. That it's 
not very easy to put yourself in that position when you when you haven't so right. i'm so grateful you know that's that's a really powerful message and it's one i wish that everyone could hear you know loud and clear you really do matter um yeah. and it's what beyond balances is trying to get out there so stay tuned we'll yeah see. absolutely so there will of course be links in the show notes to beyond balance the course that you're running to wellness cpa your organization and for people who want to reach out to you you know what's the best way to get in touch i presume linkedin yes so um connect with me through linkedin yeah. i'm happy to share i'm happy to listen i'm happy to talk um whatever um the case may be i try to post things as they happen in life you know yeah. just to, you know keep people aware and talking absolutely um, and so yeah either that or my email is very simple it's trisha at wellness.cpa Perfect. Well, listen, Tricia, you are doing such an amazing job of, as you say, changing the narrative, helping people to find what they need within themselves to challenge some of the status quo that are not helpful, that are causing this anxiety, depression, burnout, you know, to just get to to, to be beyond levels that, that are just tolerable. And I'm just so, so grateful, grateful that you've come to share your story with me, but also grateful that that failure was a failure and you've become such a good friend. Oh, thanks for joining me. Yeah, thank you, Kat. A deep conversation that will stay with me for a very long time, for sure. And I love the song that Trisha chose, which says it all. You really do matter, whoever you are. Trisha herself outlined some of the small ways she's adjusted her life to find a renewed sense of balance. And if you or someone you know is affected by any of the issues we've been talking about, I've also added a link in the show notes to the Samaritans, an organization that, like Trisha, encourages and celebrates those moments of connection between people that can really save lives. I had a beautiful moment of connection myself to celebrate this week as I'm back in Singapore and hadn't realized just how many of my friends here are regular listeners to the show. I'd just like to give them all a shout out and say how very grateful I am to them for taking the time to listen. I so appreciate the way I'm able to slot back into life here and find meaningful connection through this podcast. One friend in particular, Rosie, asked if I could play out each episode with the music that guests chose as their song, which would, in an ideal world, be a magical thing to do. But sadly, Rosie, I've looked into it and there is no way around the rights issues, even to play a small clip, even on a podcast that doesn't make a profit. So for now, you'll have to content yourself with heading over to Spotify to find the playlist and listening to the music over there. Sorry about that, but rules is rules. So here's to those walks along the green corridor, which are definitely a source of comfort and connection for me. Thanks so much. 
Thank you so much for listening. There are almost a million podcasts out there to choose from, so I really appreciate you for choosing this one and spending your valuable time with me today. If you found it helpful, I would be truly grateful if you would rate and review it as it helps others to find us. And if you haven't already, you can hit the subscribe button wherever you get your podcasts to be sure of getting every episode sent to you. You can find all the resources we talk about and more about my guests in the show notes over at collectivewisdom.podbean.com or you can find me on Instagram at collectivewisdompod where I'd love to hear any feedback, suggestions for new guests or comments that you have. I'd love to hear from you. And if you're interested to know more about how my coaching can help you, you can find more about that on my website at catpreston.com. Thank you so much for joining me.